We meet in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, to chat about Python. I'm Chuck. I'm Laís. It's Pi time. Meet, meet Pi. Hello. So hello, yeah. Hello. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Sorry about the banner. We are just like uh, still preparing some stuff, like tweeting. So um, please come and join us if uh, yeah if you're there, and join us for 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 this um, this, this session. Join us in the chat. And I think we're just like we will officially start in a few minutes because we want people to come in. We have four people I can see from <laughs> from from Twitter. We're just like you can see us like you know um, getting ready, but it's fine. So Lace, how are you today? Yes, I am good. I'm just out of the Pi um, Pidera Amsterdam session today, so I am very very good. Yeah. Also, we have uh, Danny joining us uh, today. Hello. Yep. So Danny would be our guest today. So we'd uh, interview her in a bit after we have talked about what's, what's new in the community. So um, yeah, let's tell us about like PyData Amsterdam. Like, do you like it? What, uh, what, what? Yeah, because this is the first time they do this uh, PyData festival that is online, the whole week event. There's <laughs> a lot and lots of things. So I know you, yes. you attended as an attendee. So how, how, how does it go? Do you like it? Yes. So, um, I, yeah, so I heard as well, there was the first time that they were doing the festival thing. So it's like, it's a week long event. And then there is like, there is the sprints really early in the morning. They have a separate ticket. Then, I mean, really early in the morning for me, is, it starts at 8 a.m. Uh, <laughs> and then at 12, they have like a little bit of a session with um, a Q&A, like an interview. So you can talk to the people that uh, gave sprints. Uh, then at 12, half 12, there is um, the prepping for the Saturday um, spring section that is going to be on Pandas. So that's the big one. That's the one we're all building expectations for. Uh, then at 12, I think or half 12, there is an interview. There was a really cool interview session yesterday with our lovely host, Chuck, talking about inc inclusivity and diversity in the tech community. And it was really interesting. I thought that the interview was a little, the time for the interview was a little bit short because there was, uh, what, five of you guys, right? There is, uh, no, actually there's three panelists and there are like two hosts. And, but yeah, it's a bit short. I think like usually panel session would be 45 minutes. But anyway, like, do you enjoy other talks? Yes, the talks are amazing. The open API one with uh, Sebastian was unbelievable. Uh, the keynote speaker was really good as well. Um, the sprints have been amazing. Like they did a scikit-learn um, opening session today and it was really, really, really good. Like it's been really cool. And I also love the format because in days that everyone is doing conferences online and you have like, if you had an entire day of, of talks, I don't think I would be able to just sit down and watch it. But the fact that it's in sections, then you can just plan your day around and it's quite cool. Yeah. So. Uh Danny, have you joined any sprints? I think you have because you have been to so many conferences. Uh, no, I haven't. Surprisingly, I've done the uh, a part of it at PyCon UK, the last day yeah. sprint, if that counts. But yeah, that counts, of course. <laughs> okay, because I wasn't doing much work. I was mostly looking at things and saying I don't get it, and people were just writing more documentation about it. So I don't know if that's me saying, I don't watch this on the screen counts really as useful thing to do. I love people don't get it in the sprints. That means that you need to do something about the documentation, which is good. And okay, so uh, let's go through what we have find out like on, mainly on Twitter this week uh, that's related to Python. So I will try to share my screen and uh, let's see if, oops. It's not this one, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm still new to this uh, interface and I'm not very good at it. And let's see. Yep, we have that. And uh, you can see my Twitter there. And um, you see that actually, if I make it bigger, if I could, yes. So uh, Paul is uh, one of the co-developers of uh, Python, also the maintainer of Dashutil. And um, he tweeted about you know, migrating away from uh, PyTC. So PyTC is a library used for time zones. So I think, yeah, I think it's kind of getting a bit old and I don't know whether it's still there because like, I know a lot of, uh, like for example, Django, you know, like it's very, you know, um, yeah, I think I think some of the libraries that they use are PyTC. So, um, yeah, so, 
there's some noises there. <laughs> yeah, sorry about sorry that. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Danny, it's do okay. you need to uh, check your equipment or something? You could do that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah, if you yeah, if you maybe you're using PyTC, maybe that's something that you should uh, pay attention. That I don't know whether they would. Uh, still be doing it or they want to um, migrate everything to use stage until time zone or something like that. I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, this is something that I found out. And the other thing is that we have PyData Manchester. Yay. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's a virtual meetup uh, this month on the 23rd at 6 p.m. UK time, obviously. So um, yeah, if you're interested in using biology with um, of data science when biology with data science so it's uh, you know because PyData is about machine learning and data science and uh, I think yeah and this the talks would be about you know um, biology research I guess so um, yeah join join them that if you want yeah that so, sounds super cool yeah I think I think Danny also joined some PyData events is it have you joined yes. yeah yes PyData London mostly Oh, London, yeah. And also, yeah, maybe we can start one in, in the Midwest <laughs> as yeah, well. Yeah, we can start one in Nottingham as yeah. soon as the madness gets over, because I don't know, I just moved in here from Birmingham and I don't know the local tech community, so it will be interesting to have yeah. one in the Midlands, the PyData Midlands. Yeah, maybe uh, your friend can, uh, your friend Glenn is also active in the community. He can start one yeah. in Birmingham, you can start one in Manchester, you can work together. Okay, so, uh, okay, so um, another thing is this is from another core developer. Um, this mm -hmm. is uh, Pablo, actually, that uh, he's uh, one of the one of the core developer of C Python, and he just like merged this pull request, like actually merged this branch. I think it's a longer project that uh, remove all the old parser code. So you may wonder why this uh, in C Python they have uh, removed the old parser and make a new parser. Uh, there's actually I found someone post a medium post, which is super nice here. That is like why they want a PEG parser, and I think this is like quite low level stuff. But if you're interested in those kind of stuff, you can um, have a look. And this tweet is actually, if you go to my Twitter, you'll see that I've liked it. So uh, you can find it, or you can just follow uh, Pablo. Uh, this is uh, his handle there. I hope it's big enough for you to see. Yeah, so yeah. you yeah, can, you can um, follow him as well. So um, you got uh, me curious and what, what's the, you got me curious now and what's the usability of getting rid of the old parses? Yeah, now I want to know, first. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Lace, what's this about? Perfect. So, I was um, just going around on Devto, and I found this super cool dude that decided to write a tutorials DB in Python and just make a website, deploy a website on it. Uh, he is looking for, like, the, the idea is super interesting because sometimes it's kind of hard to uh, embed your, your tutorials on Google. And then it's hard to find them as well. So his his idea was to make a platform, a, a database platform, um, with links for the tuto for tutorials, and it's completely open source. So he's not only starting a project because well he wants to learn how to do that stuff better, um, but he's also helping the community at spreading Dev tutorials around. And if you open the Dev to post you're going to see that there is a there is a little bit more of like the, the informations on the on the what's what it's possible for you to do on the website and how to use it and how to find the how to find the right tutorials and how to embed your tutorials there as well so it's quite it's quite interesting um, yeah i'm amazed by these all these tags so there's so many topics you could uh, click on to see yeah Yes, and well, we, we love tutorials, don't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and there's a Patreon, so you can support them if you like it. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I should maybe like try to think of like how to integrate a Patreon kind of in some of my projects as well, if I have one that is like not right now. But okay, so uh, without further ado, I think it's, uh, it's time for the interview with Danny, and I will go back to the view of 
office. <laughs> and so yeah, so uh, Danny, I just like briefly introduce you to the audience, but I think we want to know more about you. So maybe you could give us a self introduction. Um, what do you work? You know, uh, a, a little bit about your work and maybe a little bit about what you do for the Python community. Um, okay, first of all, thank you for inviting me to talk with you. It's nice to see you again. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, ah, so, uh, my name is Danny, as you've, you've read. Uh, I'm a data scientist for a startup in Birmingham. The startup is called GridEdge. And uh, my daily job includes using machine learning techniques to identify outliers in time series data. If you remember, Joe, in one of my presentations, I use similar techniques to find outliers in seismic waves in uh, fast train analysis. So it's something similar, but this time it's in time series. And in time series, clustering is a little bit more tricky. So if you want me to start explaining how different it is, just book a day off. Uh, when, I don't work, <laughs> when I don't work, I knit. And when I don't need, I organize the Django Girls workshop in Birmingham. And I also co-organize Python West Midlands meetup along with uh, Zeth Green. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's the brains behind it. I just not in agreement pretty much. I don't want to take credit for that. <laughs> yeah, actually, like uh, Danny's talk is, is really, really awesome. It's like something about those waves that's like in engineering. I was like, what? <laughs> I, I was like, I can't comprehend what what she was talking about is too too you know uh too deep you know you need the knowledge to know but i'm sure danny can like very patiently explain to you like with uh with if it's like a longer time then she could explain that to you if you're I really can i can give you the headline it's uh, um yeah. when the train moves on the train line it create it vibrates the soil yeah. when the train moves really fast the vibration becomes you know uh, more risky yeah. for the material so the soil can can fail and yeah. accidents can happen so what you want is to adjust the quality of the soil to accommodate the vibration yeah that's, that's very it. important as well it's like also for safety you know like without this knowledge we'll be like you know all the trains won't work you know you can't go to work you can't travel so yeah like maybe then you can send me the link of the talk if it's uh, recorded if it's somewhere in youtube or something send me the link mm -hmm. i will put it in the description for people to see and so also, I want to know when you start Python and why do you start Python? Uh, it goes 14 years back. Wow. <laughs> but it wasn't that serious. So I'll tell you the whole story. I learned Python in 2006, a little bit of Python, like how to write a basic script, how to do basic calculus in Python. I was studying civil engineering at the time. Uh, and I learned Fortran at uni, but you know how the conversations happen at outside the class and the school of computer engineers was next door so they were all talking about python is the language of the future and i thought that i'll try this python thing that you are talking about and i wanted and i found that it was very easy to plot graphs and to use off-the-shelf libraries like numpy um very easy for yeah. a, i come from a fortran my first language is fortran so you understand that moving to it was my first object or my sec my yeah my first properly learned object oriented language i've done a little bit of c plus plus as well so it was like wow object yeah that's how it works and um, i wrote a small script about um, calculating the uh, capacity of uh, a reinforced concrete beam the bearing capacity of a reinforced concrete beam in 2006 and then i forgot everything about python <laughs> And, but uh, it's so cool, like you mentioned NumPy, and because NumPy used Fortran, and you are already written in Fortran, like you already write Fortran. That's so cool. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's one of the things that you know you can't escape because you learn Fortran, and then uh, you hear that um, uh, people saying that oh, Fortran is not very used now. You should learn this and that, and you get recommendations, and then you see on the internet. I don't remember in which states in the US they were desperately looking for COBOL developers. And I was like, <laughs> maybe we should start treating languages as tools for our projects rather than saying, oh, this is better and this is worse. Maybe it's. Yeah. And Luckily, you choose Python yeah. over COBOL. That's, that's, a good, 
that's I have a, a friend move. called Jim Secor that he gives a talk about tool sharing and why we shouldn't say that. And I found I was thinking that Jim was right. I'd best tell him. Uh, then I started working in Python again in uh, 2008 uh, and doing a little bit of beautiful soup and web scraping stuff and a little oh. bit of refactoring and all that. And I got really serious with Python in 2011 and I was writing my master's dissertation and I had to do a literature review on geosynthetics, which is plastic that goes in soil. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought because there was there were a lot of papers and a lot of information that wasn't relevant. I used beautiful uh, soup to scrape through all the papers and make wow. my vectorize all the yeah. uh, words that I needed for a matrix. So yeah. that's so what doing NLP before everybody do NLP. That's so cool. <laughs> it, it was, um, I call this lazy Google. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like most of the brilliant ideas start with people trying to be lazy. So that's good. And um, so yeah, like how do you find the Python community? You must love it because you, you, you're doing, you know, um, Jungle Girl Birmingham, you're organizing that. And also you're organizing, um, you know, Python Midwest with uh, Seth. So um, maybe you have plans for Nottingham, I don't know. So um, yeah, like, uh, how do you find the Python community? I, I will start with a confession on that yeah. to give you a little bit of a background. I'm very, very bad at uh, small talk. I can't do small talk. So within the Python community, we'll have a common interest. Yeah. They use the Python. So it's very easy to me for me to talk to people and make friends. And I can ask questions like, what are you working on? Or have you used a certain library? What are your thoughts? And it's pretty nice that you start with a common interest and then you start meeting the person that gives you that shares his his or her or their knowledge with you. So I find it very refreshing because you just get to talk to people who, with which you couldn't talk at the pub or anything and they're all wonderful people and uh, i love the inclusivity of the community and also that there are steps that are taken to increase it and um, it's a constant improvement and also i like that uh, there is a certain element of accountability um, because i've worked in places where there was the blame culture but in the python community we are accountable if there is a technical mistake or a faux pas, uh, other members of the community help you understand what went wrong. They help you fix what happened. Yeah. And uh, this practice makes better developers and better people. And that's what we need to move forward, right? Yeah. So uh, about that, actually, I have a funny story to tell. So like I, I recently released my uh, my Python client for work. And then when we were like releasing last Friday, it was like super stressful because like it's Friday, like have quite late in the evening. You know, like I was working with a colleague to release it, and suddenly the the the, the, the Travis broke all the bills, and I was like, "What happened?" And looking at it, it's like the PyM failed, and the the error message that was given is super strange because when we Google it, it's just like, "Well, it's it's Python activate, right? It's not a Pastron activate." So it's like it looks like a troll. It's, it seems like if almost like somebody put in a, a you know a trolling that like put in some some mistake in in the in the source code so i was like what happened and i go to uh virtual ends you know um you know github and i found that actually the the core developer made a mistake of, uh, of spelling it wrong i, I think it's an auto correction or something it's, but it spells like Pestron activation or something it's, it's funny it's this just look funny it's almost like trolling it's funny and i was like what and everybody was just like oh it's broken how to fix that and all this stuff and people have work around so oh, just downgrade it it'll be fine just roll back and all this and then like after like maybe an hour of panic it got resolved like they push a correction uh, immediately they immediately pa patch it just like you said you know python is like people are very accountable they like because it's the open source is so good that people are like they well people make mistakes like i understand it's a big mistake to make but but still you know people are not well people are not really pointing fingers or something it's just like oh yeah. how can we solve this how can we like let's roll back and then and then the developer was oh sorry sorry i was like it's a friday evening and i, I made a mistake when i released it and people were just like yeah so it's soft now yeah it's fine and uh yeah i think i think the python community is lovely like you said you know it's, it's very good and um how do you find going to the conference? I know you go to PyCon UK like every year almost. So how do you find 
how do you find that? <laughs> uh, well, it's my favorite conference. Yeah, <laughs> and remember the pub, the pub that is the, <laughs> oh, the, the pub. Yes, the. I remember the, you I'm, and your friend are like really happy, like in the Glenn. pub. Yeah, Glenn. Yeah, <laughs> so, super hyper. Uh, he's the person that got me into this, Glenn Davis. That is. Yeah. Um, and uh, he said, when I moved uh, back to Birmingham from Oxford in 2017, Glenn was like, hey, you write Python, right? I was like, uh, yeah, let's go to this conference and you need a holiday anyway. I was like, okay, <laughs> and that was it. And we went to PyCon UK and since then it became like um, a family tradition for Glenn and myself. We're like, we're taking the family holiday, we're going to PyCon UK. The other family tradition is die hard at Christmas. So we have a lot of family in inverted commas. Tradition. Yeah. Going to PyCon UK every year is one of them. And yeah. uh, I also like PyCon UK because uh, you can make new friends, you can learn from the experts. The lineup is amazing every time. It is very inclusive and it has a code of contact. And the code of contact is displayed clearly. And I've been to many events and I've been to events that didn't have a code of conduct. Don't yeah. do that. Just yeah. make sure that whichever event you go has a code of conduct and um, it's clearly displayed. And if it doesn't, ask for it because people s sometimes don't know. And I yeah. mean, for our events, for PyCon, for uh, uh, Python West Midlands, we copy and paste the code of conduct from the Python Software Foundation. And we say, follow these guidelines. So yeah. as long as there is a code of conduct somewhere, even if you haven't written it, it helps massively. It helps people feel safe. And PyCon UK are really good at it. Yeah. I think that code of conduct is very important. And what I like about um, Mozilla Festival, because like I joined it last year in London, and they have the, the short version of it printed on your badge. So there's no yeah. excuse of like, I don't know about a code of conduct, because like it's, you're wearing it all day. So you it's impossible that you say like, oh, I don't know about a code of conduct. No, you, you, you know that it's there because it's printed on your badge. So um, yeah, so I think I think that's 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 a very good point there. Yes. That a code of conduct is important because uh, yeah, otherwise like things bad could happen. And um, yeah, but back on UK, I love it too. I love it too. And I, I remember like uh, I don't know whether it's the time that we first met there. And I know that you know I, I saw you and and Glenn together. Like you two are like you know it's like you two are like best. Like, is it BFF or something like that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I know that. Can I tell this joke? Like, because uh, a lot of people mistaken that you two are couples, but actually, yeah. like, you're just like more like brother and sister, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's super cool. And um, okay, let's talk about maybe diversity. So, um, because we, we talk a little bit about, you know, um, diversity in the, in the community and also in conferences. So, um, like as an organizer, do you think like is anything that you know people could overlook and you know um, and also like and it could be bad? Like I think who of conduct we we really mentioned that. Like is there anything else or like anything to add on the code of conduct thing that you want to say about? Um, there are some things that can get easily overlooked, as you've said, and yeah. I am guilty of having used the term guys. Uh, when I was talking to a diverse audience, I'm not going to go into details because I don't want to give any justification of, oh, yes, but this has happened. No, it's wrong. Don't do it. And as soon as I said the word, I was like, no. And immediately I said, I'm, I'm sorry, this is wrong. You are not all men. So can I reset the introduction and say, hello, people? And everyone laughed and it was OK. But at the same time, it's very easy to make a mistake. And uh, it's um, it is ex and in some events it's explicitly encouraged encouraged by the organizer to not use the word guys, and yeah. it's fine. And as I said before, the community is a wonderful place to get honest feedback. So if something is overlooked, then there is always a very very kind person to point out what could have gone better. And sometimes they make recommendations. So there are people that solve your problem for you, and they're like, oh, here's the problem, but here's the fix. Like you said with the library, it's the same with code of conduct and as long as we try to make things better and encourage open communication channels and feedback then we can learn from our previous experience and create more inclusive events so yeah it's again the whole feedback thing that the python community has been absolutely fantastically 
Yeah. So yeah, I think I think a lot of things is like as people organize conference, especially now people are trying new formats, going virtual, going online. I think having this channel of people could help to like feedback and what to improve is very important. And uh, I think it's also another th important thing is like to allow mistake to happen because now mm -hmm. is is a time that you know um, a lot of conference like people still figuring out how to do it and. Like imagine there's so many things in a conference, like you have talks, you have panel session, like Lace mentioned, you know, we have virtual panel session in PyData Amsterdam and other things like workshops. How could a workshop run? How could a sprint uh, be, be organized and all this stuff and people are still figuring it out. So if you go to an event and it's like, oh, it's like, it's not that good, but like, please be patient and please, you know, be kind and let the organizer know in a very constructive way that what could be improved because uh, people are still, you know, figuring it out. And like, I think uh, because online format got another advantage that, you know, if uh, if people, you know, there's, there's people that, you know, travel is not convenient for them. So I would actually want to see, of course, I want to see the the, uh, the physical conference come back like next year if uh, we are back to a normal world. But also maybe some conference can stay uh, online just for people who can't travel to to attend so it's, it's really a good time to for people to experiment and if you want to contribute to give positive uh, like constructive feedback so please do so and uh, even if things doesn't go so well just be patient and um, yeah I think I have a question now then based on what you're saying uh, it's actually a question for the both of you um, in your opinion, how does the lockdown situation influences on on the whole building community diversity and building community engagement in general? Does it help? Do you think it's that it's harder? Do you think people are more impatient? Do you think there's more people in the meetups? How do how do you guys read? Sorry, the guys were just see. <laughs> I'm sorry. Influenced by the American TV, I think. Yes. Yeah. How do you ladies think that this? How do that... you beautiful people think? Yes. <laughs> I will let Danny talk about this first. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that um, it's uh, in some events, and I'm gonna talk about Jungle Girls because that's the the only experience I have it increased diversity a little bit because people couldn't travel and there were people that uh, were attending the uh, event from all over the world so yep. they couldn't come to Birmingham and do the event uh, otherwise so with our workshop it, uh, it was very very helpful so I'm very tempted to run another online event uh, alongside with the face-to-face -face one obviously but I have to think, and I'm not alone in Jungle Girls, I have to ask the committee and write down what happened in the in our online event, because I haven't done it yet. I was quite busy with other stuff. So I, I, we need to do a little bit of reflection on how this increases diversity and it reduces the travel costs for people. But again, this is only f uh, the community events are very diverse and I have a lot of different formats. So I'm just explaining to you only my experience so it's not very fair to generalize from that if that's okay yeah yeah actually i've, I've joined that event and i think yeah it's, it's actually i i'm quite surprised that you know some there are some uh, really engaging uh you know attendees that yeah. you know they they're like yeah i'm quite surprised because sometimes in in even in physical events you could people could be not so engaging they could be playing with the phones you know they could be you know just not talking to anybody um but still you know uh well for online you would think that you know always you know they could they could just like oh they could just you know like zoom you know you can just like switch off your camera and run away but no like it, it's all like it also reflects like people if they really like engage in the in the in the activity they will be really there because they have to put extra effort they can easily run away but they don't so um that that's good and also for diversity i think online event like i said um you know you could actually get people opportunity to attend things that they could maybe it's difficult for them to attend maybe they could because let's say if they have families that you know they have to stay with them so they can't travel for a conference mm -hmm. or if they have to spend the evening at home and it's difficult because now it's like you know 
even the online conference they extend they extend the, the time so usually it's like more or less like nine to five at some hotel or something you know that that's how usually conference work and now it'll be like oh like because we are doing online we can cover more time we could be more flexible so we can be like like less out you know start at eight <laughs> because of the time zone i know but like it starts very early and it could extend into the evening so uh so i think there's this more effort for the organized organizers side but at the same time it's more more flexible for people if they have kids you know maybe they need to only attend if it's like late in the evening when the kids go to bed or if their partner have time to take up the kids so they can take a break or things like that so um yeah so i think uh it kind of opened a lot of doors for a lot of people there's more options uh for them to uh, to attend so even like because we have like conference everywhere globally so even if you for example i can't you know normal time i i can't go to conference because i have to work i have my family to take care of you could you know, just go for a talk in the middle of the night uh, for, 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 for an event in maybe in, in North America or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's, it's really, really uh, opened new imagination for organizers as well to how to organize the event, to uh, promote diversity, to be more convenient for everybody to join. And I think the next step would be how to make the internet connection uh, more accessible. Because I know that uh, a lot of you know, places in in the countries that, it, you know, the internet is not as good, then um, I think the only hurdle they have to, over, like, like to, to uh, you know, to, over, to overcome is to the, the online capability. So uh, that's, that's the thing that I keep thinking a lot recently. I always think about how to make things better, but like, yeah, I'm like, hmm, yeah, maybe it's, it's good news for us, but not good news for people, you know, living in a place that internet is, is a luxury for them. So it's still can't, we can, still can't reach them. So, yeah. And it's, it's an obstacle for inclusive, inclusivity as well, because um, we want to have more, like we're trying right now to get a, a speaker from South Botswana, right oh. beside South Africa. And she really wants, like, she has an amazing project with a woman in machine learning and data science in Botswana. And she's an amazing community um, engaged person. But she can't join us for to give us a talk because her broadband is just too bad. So we're trying to trying to see if we can do like maybe phone call or, or... recordings. You know, yes, like she can mail you the recordings. You can join in chat if she got internet, but it's not crucial. And yeah, I think we we still have to figure our way for yes. both speaker and participant if what if internet for them is it's not not a not a thing that they could easily get so how we can work around that to include everybody literally everybody and also again like other accessibility maybe we need to have more captions for for people who maybe have problem of hearing and maybe like how about people with you know other needs that how can we help them because i i have a feedback from from my workshop my online workshop that you know one of the attendee got uh, you know um that's that's lactic like problem reading yeah text yeah yeah. Th- yeah so so like oh our thing is too wordy for for that person and uh, and we we have like oh actually that's true maybe we need to have different formats of workshop that's suitable for different people so yeah so let's uh, go back to to Danny. <laughs> um, yeah. So I want to ask, like Danny, that. Um, so what what things like in all the conferences there have been like that you have been, oh that's a good idea I want to do that in my in my event. So is there any 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 example for that? Um, I want to do it in my event. It's yeah, the like, crash. What? <laughs> the crash where they put the they have they have babysitters oh, right. and professionals. Yes. Yes, oh, daycare. Yeah, they have free daycare. Five data London, five data has it. The conference uh, EMF has it. The camping electromagnetic field, Pycon yeah. uh, UK has it. So you can have young parents leave their kids and attend the conference, and it minimizes the thirty-year-old void because you see people that in the thirties when people are starting usually the demographic having babies, you see them disappearing from conferences and. <laughs> Yeah, because they they have to take care of their kids and having a crash there, it it, it increases the diversity. It's, yeah, you can have single mothers attend the conference and 
it's like it's a very simple solution that you know here have a trained person to take care of the kids nine to five and you attend the conference and all of a sudden it solves two problems like two birds with one stone i don't know if i'd say yeah. it right yeah i think the other but the, the problem is that a lot of events doesn't have the financial capability of running that but uh, i appreciate that on the other side i appreciate conference that really willing to spend that uh money to to mm -hmm. provide that as well so yeah that's a that's a very very good one i would say so um maybe we should get like some uh, sponsors <laughs> for, for, like, yeah. for that and um so yeah like i think it's, it's really good i I, I'm thinking the next step would be having um, pet sitters for for pet owners. I always think that like, like, cause I, I used to go to the conference a lot, and I was like, I really want to, you know, incorporate that in my career. So like, I'm thinking, well, if I have a pet, and like, for example, if I have a dog, and I would be like, mm, like, I can't really bring the dog to the conference. I mean, like, I can get the dog a passport. I can probably go to Europe fine with my dog, but. When I go to the conference, then what about the dog, right? So, <laughs> so it's, it doesn't work that way. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe uh, that that's the next 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 step. So um, I think we have a lot of ground to cover on that regard still, because like there's still some some hotels that you go to conferences in and don't have a proper place for mo for people to change baby diapers. Yeah. yeah. So. So it's like that's more even more basic than the, the daycare is somewhere for you to be able to just like keep your baby clean. And there is still a lot of conferences that are not thinking about that. So we still have a lot of like a, a long way to go. But I'm glad that there are places and there are conferences that are actually thinking about implementing those things because they're very important and they, they do help building inclusivity on the on the community for sure. And Python UK is lovely. Pycon UK, okay. they, they not just have the cash for like younger kids, they also have like a stand that is for like like older child, like maybe seven, eight years old. They, they could run around in the conference, like we don't mind them. And like, I remember Daniel saying like, be careful, don't bang the door because there may be a kid behind you and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and they, they just run around, I love it. I totally love it. Some of the kids are very talented. They, they, they are like, you know, they are actually smarter than us sometimes, you know, when you talk to them. And um, we, we have like, we have a booth to entertain them as well. It's like, okay, that, that's, that's really, yeah. really cool. So when yeah. When they do the show and tell, one year they did the show and tell with uh, micro bits yeah and i was saying that how did you do that yeah yeah we have very, yeah. a day i think it's a saturday which is uh, they have um children and educators and they run all these events yeah next year you should come late next year yeah definitely yes, absolutely. and then there is I'm the just... pub yeah. There, there, is a pub. there is the beer and the pub absolutely that's sacred don't yeah. you worry yeah you know the best part of the conference the pub <laughs> i'm just joking i'm just joking here okay keynotes love you chuck don't they keynote speakers I, absolutely love you as i grow older i can't drink a lot so uh to continue cherish uh, joke um i brought the better half with me at the pub and uh, they know Glenn, they hang out together. So I introduced my better half to other people and said, that's my better half. Like, Wait, not Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how people mistaken, obviously, like if people know that, like you, the interaction between you and Glenn is more like brother and sisters or like really, really like couple that doesn't work, you know? Like, <laughs> so it, so it, it can't be your, your, your other half. So but I've, I've met your other, like the real, other half anyways I the real other half <laughs> yeah the real other half there's so, not plan there's not plan that's not plan yeah that's okay. not plan no yeah, no <laughs> so um so yeah like i think this is the last thing i gotta talk about so do you have any python goal this year like thing have, that you want to achieve i have two goals one is to okay. finish the book oh yeah <laughs> that's, actually I'm, I'm like so, you know, that's actually Ian showed that like a few weeks ago. So. Yeah, that's Ian's, Ian, uh, that's it. That's what Ian's book. And yeah. currently, I will share my progress with you. I'm on page eight. Okay. <laughs> you still got like uh, more than half a year, so that's fine. <laughs> I have 400 and some pages to go. So, yeah, that's an ambitious goal because 
I want to go to read this book properly. And I started taking notes and highlighting things that I like. I was like, oh, that's pretty useful. And I managed to get to page eight. It's packed with knowledge so far. And my other project is uh, trying to build an artificial intelligence planner in Python. So I want to have an artificial intelligence planner and have a small domain slash problem writing library. Um, and I will start this because there is work already done. It's not me doing something that hasn't been done before. There's been a lot in the Markov decision process and in Markov chains. And I want to continue with preference-based planning. Uh, I have to do more research on that, but that's the basic idea. And uh, this is until October because then academic year starts and I will have to attend classes online. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you can handle that. Like for me, I, I would love to, you know, go go back to school and to learn more cool stuff because all this machine learning and like all this uh, AI stuff, I'm really interested and robotic as well. I think like if, if it was like more like a hype thing when I was in school, then I could maybe go for that path. But uh, I didn't. <laughs> I go for physics. So, um, yeah. and maybe I should, I should study quantum computing. I don't know, but uh, I always want to go back to school. But like, I just can't. I'm like too busy with other things. So uh, maybe someday when I'm 50 years old and when I retired, maybe I'll go back to school. <laughs> but uh, oh. yeah, I'm. I think like that's that's really cool that you're still studying like um, on top of like you already know so many things. You'd be like, how many things you still like you know want to put it in your brain. <laughs> It's me not knowing some things because I'm studying artificial intelligence and it's something that I don't know. And when you see things at the market, they're quite basic and explanatory or they are really advanced. There is not middle ground. And I hope that at the university, I can go from being a beginner because I am. I can classify my knowledge properly because when you know bits and bobs, you have to connect them together and put this knowledge into perspective and reach a good foundation level when I can attend expert talks and events. So that's my plan. It's trying to sort out the mess in my head about artificial intelligence. So I'm still learning. And yeah. it's uh, it's okay. I broke the, the master's into three years. It's a one-year master's. So I extended as much as I can because I, I couldn't otherwise. So it's not as bad time-wise. Talk to me again in a year, and this statement might change. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think two years. Uh, I think in two years you're gonna be like, oh, I gotta write that thesis. I gotta write that yeah. thesis. Yeah, I finished year one now, so yeah. yeah, in two years I will be I have to write the thesis. I don't know what to write. Yeah, like I can imagine if like I break one year master in the three years, what happened would be like the first two year I kind of like so so, and then the last year be like, oh thesis, God. I uh, can I have two more years? <laughs> yeah, it will be no, something like, okay, beautiful soup to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Like, and now you can yeah. like kind of yeah, you can spin up all the crowd instance so you can do it like with more power as well. <laughs> I hope my supervisor is not listening. I don't have real work. Yeah. Right. And this is live this is live, but this gets recorded by the way. You're doomed now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change the yeah yeah we, we have like people don't know like what is a joke what's real here because like we it's like you know we are we are just an entertainment program come on okay um so right and and now i think we should uh, end our program with the pi pi highlight so um i think well danny if you want you can talk about beautiful soup afterwards but i want to show uh, mine to you actually if i could so uh, just one second let me do some uh, maneuver so um uh, lace was was the one that you talk about actually like uh, i i've lost in my <laughs> the windows again okay no that's fine so i actually chose mine because i wanted to show it to you chuck so i think it's quite interesting that you chose yours because you wanted to show yours to danny because we're doing a cycle here <laughs> okay so i gotta show mine first then like just one okay. second okay so how am i gonna do this and oh i know how to do this do this okay cool so uh i, I, I like this is not something new pre-commit a lot of people know about pre-commit and uh i want oh, to yeah. try uh well <laughs> it's, it's fine to not know about it because i only know about it recently i haven't used it before so um i want to try using it in my um project so i kind of i can force my colleague to do the linting before they commit <laughs> yay more linting 
So yeah. And uh, so yeah, this is too small, I know. And what it does is that, you know, when you, you know, in storage, and then you could actually add this, um, oh, not here, not here. Oh yeah, add this uh, YAML file there. And then what they would do is like, it will run black before you commit for this one. So uh, you can also put other stuff here. You can put a uh, flag eight, uh, you can put, or your linter here, so they basically they're forced to <laughs> forced to do that like before they commit, so which is super cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't like you know cleaning up codes. Like so, it's like if uh, if it's your own code, please clean it up yourself. <laughs> clean yeah. up your mess your mess before you commit. Absolutely. Yeah, I like cleaning code because it calms me down. It's the point where you're like. Everything is done. Everything is working. Now I'm going to clean the mess and I'm going to listen to my podcast and do the cleaning while it's do, do work still, just in case, <laughs> you know, again, any supervisors are listening. I promise I'm nice. Uh, but when you don't have time, which is the case, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, right. So uh, Lace uh, project is, oh, it's not loading for some reason. HTTP Ooh. runner. Uh, they they yes. spell it wrong or right or what happened? I don't know. Uh, was they called HTTP runner? I was just yeah. uh, putting it by PI, you know. Um, hmm. Yeah, this one. Oh, perfect. Cool. So, HTTP runner is basically a testing framework for HTTP and HTTPS. So I was watching I was watching your your Python Zero to Hero on testing and that you continue to do testing editions and I'm loving it because it's my first contact with testing. And I was looking at I was talking to someone else about Python in networking and we we're discussing then like what would you use, what would be the best library to use to test HTTPS requests? Um test your your networking Python uh, code. What would be the best library to do that? Then I found uh, HTTP Runner, and what I thought that was interesting about it uh, is that so it handles errors like in a very human way. So the the messages are quite are quite easy to understand the, the the error logs, and you can also embed some other testing libraries on it. So you can do PyTest, Pydantic, and some other testing um, library frameworks, and test everything kind of together. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to use it embedding everything else because, again, I'm a newbie on testing and I've been following Chuck's tutorials for it. Um, but it seems quite interesting. And I read as well, like some really good feedback online on people saying that it's quite, it's quite useful. So, yeah. yeah. And it's the funny, it's like there's more Chinese at the end of the README. I think like last week, cause like I show you like a, a GitHub repo that like a lot of bunch of Chinese on it. So <laughs> I don't know, cause I, I think that like uh, from the GitHub statistic for last year, there's like a lot of Chinese uh, contributor like uh, in the recent years. So uh, yeah, so that's maybe mm -hmm. that's why <laughs> there's a lot of Chinese staff there. Um, right. So Danny, do you have anything in your mind? I could uh, put it up for you uh, or is it okay that uh, you don't have anything at the moment? If that's fine. Any libraries? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, it, if not, that's fine. Because like we didn't ask you to prepare. <laughs> that's all right. I'm, I'll just say that I'm trying to learn GeoPandas, how to use them properly. Oh, GeoPandas, because, yes. Yes, because in my old job, I was doing geospatial data science. And it's something quite new-ish uh, for me. Uh, and um, my, my issue was that I had to have a Google API to get uh, the postcodes for some addresses that I was using infographics for. And now I'm trying to understand GeoPandas better. It's mostly like in the comprehension stage. So I don't have any projects running with it. So yeah, yeah. it's a, for geospatial information, maps, <laughs> data analysis. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really cool one. That's good. And uh, so I think that's almost at the end of our program. Anything else you want to tell our viewers or um, anything? So like for me, I, the last thing I want to say is I like, really thank you so much, Danny, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah. And it's really interesting, the thing that you talk about. I think it's really good. And thank you. Um, yeah. So anything, Lace, that you want to 
I, well, yeah, I would like to say thank you as well for sharing your journey, especially your Python journey, because it, um, it, it kind of reminds me of my journey with Python as well, because I started looking at Python when I was my first year in engineering. We started, like all my colleagues started with Fortran. I decided to go, um, I decided to like kind of just leave it and try to use Wolfram Maya instead with Mathematica okay. to do the, those exact things. Yeah, and then I got introduced to <laughs> Yeah, we and had the times as well, Wolfram or I, I went to uni in 2002, so it's my age now, but we had Maple, that's how it, we had, it, it, was a, it was either Maple, which was something like a Mathematica, Wolfram Mathematica, oh. or Fortran, and the professor was like, yeah, I recommend Fortran, like, okay then. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, okay. my teacher my teacher recommended Wolfram because he was like, "Wow, everything is on the on the browser, so you can just use the internet." Blah blah blah. I was like, "Okay, no problem," but it's it was too complex for what I was trying to do at the moment. And then I went for Python, and it was the best decision I've made in life. So yeah, and I was doing civil engineering as well. Oh so, wow. yes. So when you're talking about the the soil and the vibrations, I was like. This sounds very interesting. So I'm, I'm, I will make sure I get that out, that day off to understand what you're trying what you're trying to say in the beginning of the of the interview. It, it, it's taking a day off because I can't stop talking. It's not that it's difficult. <laughs> it's that that's why my Twitter handle is Danny Quiet now because it's like oh it's Python and engineering. Yes, so that's it. It's that and people are too polite to tell me sometimes. Okay, Danny, now park it. We're going to do something else. No, I have to tell you everything I know. So. <laughs> I think that's good. Like, I think, yeah, if you see Danny in the pub, if you want to talk to her, talk about Python and, you know, engineering, and <laughs> she would tell you everything. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind then. Have, so, a, yeah. have an emergency phone call handy. Like, I have to really go. <laughs> okay, so I think, uh, so Danny, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, other than thanking you again for the invite and for all the good work you do that to bring awareness uh, to the community about the new Python projects and doing this amazing tutorial. I watched part of it, Python Zero to Hero. It, it's really brilliant. Thank you so much both. Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, we need to stay safe and have a good week and uh, we'll talk to you all very soon. So thank you for watching and bye. Bye bye. 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 Do you like Meet Meet Pie? Please follow us on Twitter. Give us comments. We'd love to hear anything. See, See you next week. week.